You're listening to At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. And thank you so much for joining me. I am Keith. This is At The Mic with Keith. And this is the first effort here. This is my first podcast. And I thought, you know, what better way to start this thing than by sitting down with Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed on The Blaze. He and I have, uh, wow, we've known each other for almost 20 years now. And I thought this would be a great way to introduce this podcast to the world. So thank you so much for checking it out. I hope it meets your expectations. Here is Pat Gray, my first guest on At The Mic. This is actually, Pat, you may not know this, but this will be the very first posting. Okay? This will be episode one. Wow. This is Pat Gray. You know him from Pat Gray Unleashed on Blaze TV, the Blaze Radio Network, YouTube.com slash Pat Gray. Pat is ubiquitous. He's everywhere. He's Mr. Twitter. He's at Mm -hmm. Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Yeah. You can't escape. Pat Gray, thank you for uh, making time with me today. No, no. Thank you, Keith. Oh, this is going to be fun. Thank you. No, we're off to a good start. I mean that. Yeah, yeah, cool. So, uh, so Pat, uh-huh. um, you were born and raised, right? Born and raised on the mean streets of Helena, Montana. Is that right? Yes, that is right. Okay. So, tell me about life in the big city. How did that It was go? harrowing, of course, with the bullets <laughs> flying at all times. Uh the Kevlar vests I had to wear on the way to no school. No way, Kevlar. Yeah. Kevlar helmets. Just to go to school. What? Yeah. I, I don't know how many times I was shot in the head, but thank heaven for Kevlar helmets. Was your school bus like the um, beast? Like the I president? didn't actually take a bus to to school. It's Helena, Montana. I walked to school. <laughs> <laughs> so how, when you were growing up, how many how many people lived in Helena? You said uh, uh, thirty thousand. Thirty thousand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if you include <clears throat> the Helena Valley. And East Helena. The greater Helena You're probably talking closer to 70,000 people. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's a thriving metropolis, my friend. Obviously. Yeah. It's a a megalopolis, I think is what you'd call it. But see, now Helena to me, and and let's see if you have the same perspective, would be the perfect size town for me. All right? Mm -hmm. I love small towns, like big small towns. Mm Mm-hmm. I just, I just feel that in that part of the country, especially, it's beautiful. I feel like it would be perfect for me. How was it growing up, man? No, it was great. It was a great place to grow up, actually. You know, other apart from the shootings, uh, <laughs> which, as we all know, didn't happen. Uh-huh. Um, it was a, it was a really good place to grow up. Yeah. I mean, there's not super exciting things to do in Helena, but we had lakes around there. Oh, nice. uh, I had a beautiful lake that we went to all the time, called Canyon Ferry. Uh, and you know, it snowed in the winter, so we had a little ski resort that you could go to that was kind of crappy, but we liked it. And, uh, I mean, a lot of outdoors things. That's what I was going to say. Probably the community I would assume is based on, on a bunch of outdoor activities, recreation, stuff Mm -hmm. like that. I'd say so. Yeah. Did you get into any of those, any of those hobbies that some of it? Yeah. I skied a little bit and we did go to the lake all the time. Uh, you know, I did I mountain climb? Did I rock climb? Did I enjoy fishing and hunting? No, okay, not really. No, no. but a lot of Montanans do. Okay, you know, Montana's I mean, famous for all that stuff. And what did you do for fun then? If you didn't partake in any of those stuff, I took drugs and uh, hard drugs. <laughs> like, did you dabble? I or did was not it take like... drugs. <laughs> I didn't so... take drugs, but I, you know, we I I did what I said. I went to the lake and we went to movies. We you know okay. um, hung out. Yeah. We cruised the drag, but as, I mean, stupid things that you did in the seventies. As a kid, were you were you clawing your hair out trying to get out of there, or did you genuinely? Love, in other words, by the time I was, um, 
Yeah, like 18, 19. Yeah. I wanted to leave, yeah. Do you miss it? Do you wish you were living there today? Oh, uh, no. 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 No, it was I like a to- bigger city. I like more things to do. I like to be around, you know, people and things and there's actually stores and restaurants and malls and I mean, Helena literally doesn't have a mall. Wow. I, I mean, there was one. It was called the Capitol Hill Shopping Center, I think, but it was like <laughs> Five stores, and they all went out of business. And oh. so uh, I think there's an ice cream parlor that's still open in it. Wow. <laughs> and maybe wow. not even that now. I don't know. See, that's weird. There's no mall there because I, I lived briefly in Scottsbluff, Nebraska, that I think if you stretch, you know, you, you've got the Helena Valley, and I think mm-hmm. if you stretch and you include the 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 sprawling metropolis that is Scottsbluff, Garing, Terrytown, which is a – which is basically a trailer park. You get about twenty thousand maximum. They had a mall. What's oh Helena's, really? What's Helena's deal? Like a real? Yeah, like a, you'd walk through. I don't it know. You would think it, it's enough people decent, to support yeah. a mall, but I don't know. I don't. They, okay. they never. There was never a good one there. You would think an indoor getaway in the dead of winter would be something that. Yeah, you can't do the outdoor malls like yeah. like other towns do, which are really popular now. It's usually the outdoor malls, the areas where you have the like the town centers yeah. that spring up now. You, you really can't do that yeah. in Helena. Um, you are the youngest of six siblings, yes. correct? Six children. And you have three sisters, two brothers. You're the youngest, like we just said. Um, how was that growing up? Did you get picked on a lot? or, or did you? They were all a lot older than me, and so um, they weren't around much. I'm, my next youngest brother is seven years older than me. Wow. Almost eight years older than me. Wow, did your parents ever pull you aside and said, look, Look, you're just a horrible mistake. Sorry. Yeah, they told me that every day almost. Almost every day. (laughs) I bet. You're a horrible, horrible mistake. Not not just a mistake, but a horrible mistake. Yes. We wish you'd never been born. (laughs) And yet here we are having to raise you. So it was tough. Mm -hmm. It was tough. No, I really, I really wanted my brothers and sisters around, but they were, you know, older and didn't want to be. And so. (laughs) (laughs) So your oldest sibling. Uh-huh. Um, how how much older? How much was the big gap there? Uh, sixteen years, I believe. Okay. Yeah, right. I but, lost him. He uh, died from cancer a few years ago. Gosh, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Does does cancer touch literally everyone? Seems like it. It's it, seriously. It it's everywhere, man. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Um. Okay. So you grew up in Helena, youngest mm-hmm. of six. Um, we talked about you know going to the lake and all that stuff. How was school? How was how was the actual? Because I hated school. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and I have a feeling, you know, before I ask you this question, I just assume you did too, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, there were periods when I hated it. Uh, by the time I got to high school, I think I kind of liked it. Okay. I, yeah, I liked the high school experience. Um, playing sports, uh, chasing girls. Um, you know, the usual <laughs> stuff when you're in high school. Uh-huh. I, I enjoyed doing. Which sports did you play? Uh, football and tennis. So I know Pat heads out there um, listening to this would love to know, like, what position did you play in, in football? Like, were you the original? Linebacker. Linebacker? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, were you, were you Bronco Nagurski, effectively? The original Bronco the original Nagurski. Bro- yeah. Dragging yourself by the torso yeah. <laughs> around the field? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. Yeah, that uh, incredible toughness. Uh-huh. Yeah, same thing. And, same thing. And you played a capital high. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, what was the nickname again? Bruins. Bruins. The Bruins. The Bruins. 
So how how were the Capitol Bruins uh, when you were there? As well, initially, uh, when I was a, let's see, I, I'm trying to remember if our first year as a high school was with no seniors. Oh, so we had, oh, yeah. yeah. So we had only freshmen, soft, mostly freshmen and sophomores. Yeah. And we had a few juniors. That first year was really tough. I bet. <laughs> we got beaten. <laughs> we got beaten bad. We played our crosstown, tr- crosstown rivals, Helena High. And they beat us, uh, I think it was 49 to nothing at the half, and they called the game. No. Yeah. It was the kill rule. Now, the next year, we actually beat them. All so, right. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. And we've beaten them most of the time ever since. So Good for you. Uh, that's why I say it doesn't, it's not a big deal to get you know, the crap beat out of you from time to time. In sports, you learn lessons from it. Right. You work harder because of it. You... You know, you develop some aspirations that that's not going to happen again, and then you try to take steps to make sure it doesn't. I'm with you, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so when when you got done with high school, you didn't worry about college. You went straight into radio? Yeah, right I was now? already in radio were, okay. uh, by about my junior year. Um, I took a radio and TV class in my junior year in high school. And at the end of it... <clears throat> We took an FCC licensing test, mm-hmm. which you had to have at the time to be right. on the radio. If you didn't have an FCC license and you didn't know how to you know, convert all the transmitter readings, then you couldn't be on the radio. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't care about any of that anymore. No. Uh, first of all, it's all done digitally now, and, and they don't care. So at the time, you had to have one. So the whole class, there was 28 of us, plus the teacher took the test, and I was one of two people that passed it. The teacher didn't even pass it. It's awesome. So I thought, well, you know, this must be somewhat valuable to have. Uh-huh. So I called the radio station, uh, KCAP in Helena. Uh, that was a top 40 station. And asked them if they needed any part-time help. They said they, they were looking for part-timers. All right. Come down and cut a voice tape, which I did. And did you sound? Did you have great pipes like this uh, they were, when you were in high school? You know, similar, probably. Oh, wow. So I, I bet guess, when they yeah. picked up the phone, they're like, uh-huh, yeah, get down here, please. Yeah, so they yeah, they invited me down. Mm-hmm. And what I mostly did was read teletype copy. You know what teletype is? Uh, yeah, it's, it's almost like the um, the Associated Press uh, wire thing yeah. coming out. Yeah. yeah, it just prints out the news. Yep. And and it just keeps going and going and going all night and you just you keep ripping it rip and, it and read it right mm-hmm. and read it and so about two days later they called me and they hired me to do uh uh weekend overnights midnight to six nice and so that's where it all began okay but- so by the time i graduated i i kind of had a career i mean i was you know it was early, late 70s and so i was only making I don't know, five or six hundred dollars a month, but it was five hundred six five or six hundred dollars a month that um, I probably wouldn't have made if I would have gone to college and and I would have had to work my way through college, right? And And spent that money to pay for college. Yes, yeah. So you're in high school already making money. Were you enjoying this, or was it laborious, or how, how? No, I loved it. That's cool. Yeah, I loved it. So you've always loved radio. It's never seemed like a job from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Now, but you, when you were a kid, uh, like, when do you think you fell in love with radio? Because I think you had mentioned something about, and we all have done this. We all did this at some point in our childhoods where you just recorded yourself doing a radio show or mm-hmm. something like maybe in the basement or something. When did you um, discover this love for radio and screwing around like that? Yeah, probably 12 or 13 mm-hmm. in there, probably. Um, yeah, just taped it. My, my dad had gotten a Reader's Digest 
radio slash tape recorder. So you could record the radio on the cassette deck <laughs> uh, that came in the unit. Yeah. And and it came with the microphone, too. And so I, I used to no. do my own intros on the songs and all that. Nice. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So did you bug your parents and make them listen to your stuff? No, and, I didn't no. want anybody to hear that. Really? You <laughs> no. just kept it yourself? Yeah, I did. Because, see, I, I had a I similar setup, but I had, like, a little mini radio station in my basement. And so when... Uh, my parents' friends would come over to play cards or something like that. I would I would make them listen to the radio station that I was playing. Way too embarrassing. <laughs> All right. Well, um, do you have any of those tapes around? <laughs> no. Uh, no. Fortunately, you, you no. You burned them, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I'm sure I. <laughs> Deleted all all <laughs> all sound. From so so I won't be editing this in for the benefit of your listeners no. to to hear high school. Uh, you'd Pat. be hard pressed to find the evidence of those wow. recordings now. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you, I was playing not too long ago um, a radio show I did in college with uh, a friend of mine, and uh, I was playing for my kids cassette tape and stuff. And wow, wow, was I so horrible and so horrible to the point where my kids were mocking me to my face it's like oh yeah well well you you try this it's not easy kid now go to your room that's basically how it ended and you're short you little brat get out of here <laughs> but uh i i after listening to that i contemplated maybe i burn all 44 of these shows i did in college yeah i'm really sad that uh my early recordings of um you know, not not the screwing around stuff, but I would still like to have the early recordings of my radio shows mm-hmm. when I was 17 and 18. Oh, my gosh. Unfortunately, somewhere at some point in my career, uh, I listened back to them, and I was so horrified yeah, and yeah. embarrassed by them uh-huh. that I erased them. I don't doubt that yeah. feeling. Yeah. I wish I wouldn't have. Now, I would love to have those. Exactly. It, that's what I tell myself, because I've got some old tapes, too, and, and you just... It'd be no, great. No, my kids, long when I, I tell you what, kids, you can listen to these again when I'm dead. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, growing up in Helena, you got a radio job when you were in high school. Take us through, because we'll get to the other jobs that you've held over the years, mm-hmm. but just the radio stuff, because I know your listeners, I mean, they've pieced together as they, as they get to know you on Pat Gray Unleashed and with Pat and Stu and Glenn's show, and in all of the places along the line that they've known you from, take us through your radio jobs around the country, because mm-hmm. I'm sure people would be fascinated to know, oh, he passed through my town, or, you know? So so after Helena, uh, when did you uh, when did you get out of there? Um, when I was 19, I left Helena and went to Great Falls, and um, so that was my second radio job, my, my first away from home, and I was in Great Falls for... Like a year, I think. And and then I went to Billings, Montana. So I went to KQDI in Great Falls. Mm -hmm. 1450, I think, on the radio dial. And this is all music radio, correct? Yeah, all music Uh radio. All top 40. AM, to start with. Yeah. Because it was just, it was still viable. Sure. To a certain extent in the late 70s in Montana. I think in, like, Los Angeles, the FM transformation had already happened. But not in Montana yet. Yeah, no, I, I... I don't want to swear by this. I'd have to Google this up and fact check later. But I'm pretty sure in 1988, so I was 12 years old, I remember a big deal being made, and I think it was when WQXI, which was Top 40 Radio on mm-hmm. AM, made the switch to FM 94.1. And oh, that yeah. was a big deal. I think it was 88 that that happened. So, yeah, people, AM was a player. It was for a while. Yeah. Um, 
And it tried to continue to be by switching to AM stereo. Do you remember all that? I've, I vaguely remember. There was an AM yeah. stereo phase, and they created actual AM stereo radios that nobody bought, and it just didn't take off. Uh. It, it just didn't work. So anyway, uh, my first few jobs were, uh, the first three, uh, all in Montana, were AM. And then I went to Billings, which is the biggest city in Montana. Was there for a while on uh, KOOK, Cook. Okay. Music 97, Cook. <laughs> uh, and then my first bigger job was was in Salt Lake City. I, I okay. got a job at uh, Kissin, K-I-S-N, F-M, in Salt Lake City. Uh, doing Started doing 6 to 10 at night there and then quickly moved to afternoon drive um, 2 to 6. And how old are you at this point? 21. Wow. So you were... You were progressing quickly. I was moving up the ladder, yeah, my friend. Yeah, you were. I was moving up the ladder. I mean, I mean think about this. <laughs> if you had been in college right now, you'd be staying up late studying, you know, <clears throat> Spanish and biology and right. crap like that. Instead, I'm making $2,000 a month in, in Salt Lake City, Utah. Nice. Yeah, That's which a was nice a lot for me then. That right? was Gosh. a lot of money in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, so I already had a career, yeah. And it, it just seemed like silly to you know, worry about going to college at that time. Although I kind of wish I'd done both because it would have been nice to have something to fall back on when times got tough and they would eventually get a little bit rough. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I worked at Kissin in Salt Lake city and then I worked at, um, KCPX in Salt Lake city, legendary, uh, call letters in Salt Lake city. Um, that's gone now. All of those radio stations are gone now and, and went from there to another, Salt Lake City Station, Magic 107.5, and then I went to Hot 94.9, wow. and one of those was an AC station, adult contemporary, so it's kind of soft rock, Right. but the others were all top 40. Did you ever have to, hate to interrupt you here, but you ever have to work in a genre that you didn't care for, where you had to fake it? No, not really. Okay. Um, well, the soft rock I wasn't really excited yeah. about, but I was program director there mm. and did the morning show, and okay. so... It was okay. Uh, I, I didn't mind that. It worked with good people. And that's hard to do in radio, yeah. as you know. As I know. I mean, I've, I can't remember the last time I worked with someone I enjoyed working with. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, so, yeah, in 1989, uh, I uh, lost my job, as, as often happens in this business. Yeah. Um, and people always wonder why. It just, it just happens. People change formats they change direction mm-hmm. they decide they want some other kind of sound and so you know you just wind up losing your job companies which happened by other companies all the time in this business yeah. yep but it opened me up to uh I'd, I'd worked pretty much everywhere in salt lake city i thought i could and so uh i was starting to think maybe we need to leave which i didn't want to do because i really love salt lake city mm-hmm. um but then i heard about this job in baltimore maryland uh they had just hired a person there and they were looking for a partner for him and so uh i flew out i sent them a tape they listened to it liked it called me asked me to fly out and then paired me with this particular person (laughs) and we did an overnight because the morning show was uh up for grabs and so just to see if we Right. gelled well together right, right they'll either do this kind of test run on a weekend and or that's what overnight, they did they yeah. did it overnight on a weekend uh-huh. i think it was a friday night or a saturday night i forget which and we did a midnight to six wow. uh, show 
And uh, so I was paired with this kid named uh, Glenn Beck. <laughs> and we gelled pretty well together. Okay. Cool. From the very beginning. Right. Um, this is 1989 he, Baltimore, correct? Yes. Okay. B104 Baltimore. Okay. Uh, legendary radio station, which is also gone now. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so that went really well for a while. Um, and Glenn and I bounced around the East Coast for a while. Went as a to, team. As a team. Mm-hmm. Did B104 in Baltimore, uh, WJFK in Washington, D.C. Um, and then we went up to uh, Hartford, New Haven at KC101. And we were there for several years. Glenn was there longer than I was because there was a time when um, his life was kind of spiraling <laughs> out of control. Uh-huh. And he's, you know, documented that pretty well. Yeah. And so I, I was kind of desirous to leave and I really wanted him to go with me. And I thought it'd be a nice change if we could get out of there and go someplace. And um, Jackie and I wanted to go back, Your take wife. our family back home, mm-hmm. yeah, to Salt Lake City. Uh-huh. And see, in that time, we had uh, we had four kids. Okay, because right now you, still were two to come. Yes, yeah, so you're six. Okay. Yeah, and and so he didn't want to leave because you know his marriage had just broken up, and his kids were there, and he didn't want to leave the kids. So it turned out we had to split up, and so I went back to Salt Lake City, uh, and, and, about and he stayed this? there. And that would have been ninety-five. Ninety-five. Okay, so ninety-five. Yep. You're going back to Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. Did you? Um, so did you land a job in Salt Lake and then yes. move? Okay, so you didn't. Yeah. You didn't pull a Keith and move no. to the city you want to live in, and then worry about a job later. Couldn't do that with four kids. No, that no. would be a really bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went out ahead of time. And okay. And uh, shop my tape around, which you kind of had to do at that time. You, yeah. You, you know, you took your air checks and you gave it to people and, and they listened to them. And so I got a job at Arrow 103.5, which was a classic rock station. And that was kind of fun. Hmm. Although they didn't really want to do a personality. They were, they were trying to decide if they wanted to do a personality morning show, which is what I did. Or do they want to do a, just a morning show where you play a lot of music? See, this is, correct me if I'm wrong, because you know better than me. This is probably the period where... They were just like, nope, introduce the next song. Yes. Maybe read a 10-second liner to promote what the station's doing this weekend, and then go back into the music. That, that was pretty much it with this station. Ugh. Yeah. And so I, I kind of hated that, and it turned out they kind of hated it, too. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I, I lost my job again. Ugh. And that's where I fell on the hard times, because for a year, I had a hard time getting a job. Mm. Uh, and so I was really underemployed. I think I worked part-time at a station for a while, but I mostly sold insurance during this time. Um, Aflac, right? Aflac. Did you ever have to quack like the duck? They didn't get that bad. They didn't have the duck then. Oh, okay, okay. So nobody knew what the hell Aflac was. Right. What's Aflac? <laughs> well, it's insurance, the supplemental. Oh. It's not really health insurance. It's a supplemental benefit. They didn't Think understand it. it. It's so difficult to explain it. It is. Okay, and and that's... That's probably why they had to. They realized their employees didn't know how to sell it. That's right. why they made a whole campaign on explaining what the heck it was. Yeah, and that finally worked out for them, right. I think. <laughs> well, I'm selling it to people who didn't have any idea, and so they would drop it uh, a lot of times oh. once they found out what it was. And I only did it for you know eight or nine months or whatever. And so every single client I had dropped it. And what they did at the time... Because it's such a wonderful company, I I love Aflac. Um, they charge, <laughs> they charge back. They charge back uh, the money that you made. They want back because they lost that client. 
Well, what the hell? It's not my fault you lost that. You should have maintained them. No. Yeah, so all the money I made, they charged me back for. Did you ever sit down and do the math to find out how much you really made over that nine months? Like zero. Like I wound up. Oh, my goodness. Making no money. I paid it all back to Affleck, which I wish I would have thought at the time because that's unbelievable to me. I hope they change that practice. Maybe somebody works for Affleck and they know better, but... That hurts. So anyway, finally, I thought, this is ridiculous. I don't know anything about insurance. This is not what I do. And so I really concentrated, again, my effort on radio and making that work. And, And that's when my career took off again. It, you got back into music got back radio. Into You're not music in talk radio, radio yet at right. this point in your career. I was doing personality like in the afternoons on a station called B98.7 huh. and doing candid phone in the afternoon. Oh, that's and fun. All kinds of things that people didn't normally hear in the afternoon. So it worked really well. And, and um, then I was getting close to 40 years old by this time. I was like 38 and my wife is like, are you going to keep doing Top 40 Radio your whole life? I'm like, well, yeah, I thought I was. Is that a problem? <laughs> you have a problem with, with, with what, put food on the table? <laughs> She's like, maybe you should at least get into talk radio and do something substantial. Oh, wow. So Jackie, your wife. Yeah, was she's the, the one that was pushing me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I uh, uh, saw an opening. I heard about an opening. Um, Ashley Glenn informed me of the opening because he was in Tampa by now. Okay. Working in talk radio. And he heard about an opening in uh, Houston, which he told Clear Channel hierarchy about because they had both stations. So I sent him a tape, and they liked it, and they brought me down to see if I could do talk radio because I'd never done it. And so I came down on a weekend. It was was Easter weekend. Oh, wow. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah, Um in... On in two thousand one, I wonder. I wonder when Easter fell that year because I was at that same time started in April of uh, two thousand one. At that on same the afternoon station. show, yeah, at that same station. So you can see where our paths are. This is where close. Our paths cross. <laughs> Let's see. Easter <laughs> two thousand one fell on a uh, April fifteenth. So I I would have already been there. I think I think April eighth. It feels like. So you were I there like a week. Houston, yeah, that sounds about right. Huh. And I just remember going down. They flew me down, and and I did the morning show for a couple of days, and uh, and I remember it was surface of the sun hot. Mm-hmm. It was about a hundred and ninety eight degrees <laughs> in the shade, and three thousand percent humidity. Oh yeah, and it was just so miserable. And I was and and I was staying in a. A, a crappy hotel. Oh, really? They didn't, they didn't put you up in a really nice, uh, fancy <laughs> No, place they there? really didn't. Huh, no. I'm surprised by no, that. No, they really kind of right, didn't. Go ahead and tell your story. It's obviously filled with holes now. And, uh, <laughs> and you know the program director there. So yeah. <laughs> at first, he didn't make that good an impression on me. No. And I wasn't crazy about him. Uh-uh. And so when I went home, uh, and I remember walking into the kitchen and Jackie was there, because that's where I make her be. And uh, <laughs> and she said, "So, what do you think? Are we going to Houston?" I said, "No, absolutely, no, absolutely not. We're not going to Houston. Uh, that place is hell." And she's like, "Huh? Really? Wonder if we should pray about that." 
Uh, I'm like, no, no, we shouldn't. No, uh, because, don't be doing that. No, that's really not a good idea. Not a good idea at all, because I've already made the decision. We're not yeah, going. We're good. Well, eventually we did, of course, and, and got a different answer, and we wound up there. Uh-huh. And uh, what, three weeks, a month, month and a half into my experience as morning show host, um, my producer quit. Mm. She left. And uh, they yeah, took so, you from the right. afternoon show. Yeah, so Ken asked me to um, to cover that. Uh, and what you don't realize is at the time is, um, gosh, it had to been it had to been right at the same time, right before I was dragged over there. Um, I mean, I mean, I mean, same moment. What you don't realize is that I had told Ken that it wasn't working out for me. And the afternoons and all this stuff. And um, oh, really? I don't I, think I knew that. Yeah, and I was actually hmm. um, going. I was looking for a teaching job. I was going to go teach history. That was going to be my new line of work, in a public school somewhere, probably hating life. Hmm. Um, but uh, I, I, I was not a fan of Houston. So the impression that you got uh, on Easter week in 2001 kind of stuck with me for, uh, well, ever. And, um, yeah, I know. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I know. but he and I talked, he asked me to not, you know, leave town just yet. Cause my wife hadn't moved yet. We didn't have kids. So, um, he actually asked me, why don't you, dude, dude, don't leave. <laughs> try, try. Can you try out, uh, filling in on the, the morning show as a producer? And I'm like, what time do I have to wake up? You know? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Early, cause yeah. it started at 5 AM. Yeah. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, for you anyway. Eventually, not so much for me. Yeah, but uh, for you, it started at five. The, the show started at five. Pat, <laughs> Pat joined the show in progress around five fifteen every morning. Anyway, no. So, uh, so I tried it, you know, uh-huh. and all of the fun that I had with the show it outweighed my dislike of the city, the hours, mm-hmm. um, the lack of sleep because I really genuinely had tons of fun doing yeah, that morning have show good time. with you. Yeah. And unfortunately for you, when I eventually did have kids a couple of years later, I just could not. Decided you didn't want to I couldn't raise see, them in Houston's I, third I, ward? Yeah, I couldn't see huh. raising children weird. Um, in, a, in a town with uh, strip club uh, billboards every three feet. That's uh, very true. Yeah. That is a problem in Houston. Yeah, it's a lot of problems problem. that I have with that town. So um, yeah. anyhow, so when we did eventually leave in 2003, it wasn't. It wasn't a year later that I was calling. I was like, hey, so when are we going to get together again? Because, uh, you know, the grass is always greener, right? Yeah. But 2001 to 2003, I had a blast doing radio with you. It was a lot of fun. It was a good time. Uh, it really it was, was. a good time. Yeah. So yeah. I had a good the opportunity, time. I had honestly. a good time at KPRC. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I was there until 2006 when they fired me on my birthday, which was fun. Isn't that was nice. That yeah. Dude, yeah. I hate to do this. Oh, no. Dude. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. So, okay. So you were there doing talk radio for over five years then. Yeah. Uh, five and a half years. Mm-hmm. But you enjoy. You genuinely liked Houston, you and your family. Uh, yeah. After about, I don't know, a month or two probably, I loved Houston. Loved it. I, I love Houston now every bit as much as Salt Lake City. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So you were probably, correct me if I'm wrong, just determined to do what it took to stay in Houston. Yeah. Right? I now, really wanted to. Had you ever thought, man, if I can't stay in radio though uh you know would you still have stayed in houston or would you have eventually there was really no thought of not staying in radio 
Okay. I, just, I, I was just trying to figure out how much you love that town, you know? Earlier. Well, I didn't look outside the town at all. And Okay, that's what, yeah. And as soon as I was fired, I got, I got a call from the the uh, opposition. Oh, you didn't even have time to think. The, you know. So that night, that's good. Um, you know, Dan, Dan Patrick, who's now uh, Texas Lieutenant Governor. Isn't that a crazy, what a yeah, small world, man. He owned the Crosstown station that was uh, right up against KPRC. And so he... He called me, and we got together and talked, and uh, eventually, a couple of weeks later, worked it out where uh, I I went over to KSEV, and they they uh, paired me with the guy who was already doing the morning show there, so they kind of jammed me into the show, but it worked out really well, because oh, cool. um, Ed Hendy yeah, yeah, that's who. Uh, became just a great friend of mine. That's awesome. And we had a really good time together on the radio. That's cool. So... So you were there at KSEV doing that show with Ed until from when? 06 until 09. Oh wow! When somebody named Glenn Beck, oh that guy from your past, that is guy from my past, again? called me and what he said, he "Hey, popping in with stuff. Would you ever consider coming back and working with me again?" I'm like, "Huh? Huh? Uh, yeah, I think I would. I might because up until that point, I never." I never want. I never wanted to go back to that because Glenn had already developed, you know, this thing, this empire. I mean, he was doing. Yeah. He was doing radio. He already had a national show, and he had the uh, CNN thing, and he had just started with Fox like a few months before this. Yeah, that's right. And early '09. I I wasn't sure I wanted to just be swallowed up in all of that. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, it really felt like it was time to. Did Jackie make you pray about it again? Yes. Oh, what is she doing? Yes, she did. What is she doing? Uh, she's like that. <laughs> <laughs> so frustrating. Why do we always have to pray? My goodness. Just uh, let me make a decision every now and then, woman. Let me just say no. I want to stay in Houston. <laughs> Let's pray about it. No. Wait, wait, where did you meet Jackie? Like, how did you all meet? Like, how old were you? Uh, was it? I in- was twelve. You were 12 years and, old. And uh, we got married at 13. Oh, no, big. that's not true. Oh. Uh, I, when I went to Salt Lake City uh, in my early 20s, um, my sister, my oldest sister, had moved there uh, from Helena. And so she was there, and she was working at a J.C. Penney's in, in the Salt Lake City area. And so she met this woman where she worked, and this woman told her, hey, uh, I have a daughter who cuts hair because my sister was looking for somebody to cut her daughter's hair. Okay. So she said, I have this daughter who's in uh, cosmetology school. I've been very well trained to call it cosmetology school instead of beauty school. <laughs> <laughs> I have a daughter who works at cosmetology school. Uh, you should take her there. So my sister took her daughter to uh, Jackie to have her hair cut. Okay. And... That night, I just happened to be having dinner with my sister at her house. And the first thing she said to me when I came in the house was, uh, I just met your eternal companion today. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> well, there's a nice icebreaker. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, sure you did. Okay, I'm sure that's, yeah, that's no doubt about it. Awesome. Uh, and so she, you know, she had been talking to her and, and really liked her and thought she was beautiful and sweet and all of the things she really is. And so she gave me her phone number, and 
like a month later, I think I called her and we arranged this blind oh. date. Oh my gosh, ladies and gentlemen, that is so typical, Pat. Mm-hmm. So I got her number. I was already told she was going to be my eternal companion. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't believe it. And then I was like, you know what? I'm not doing anything here. A month later. Maybe well, it was I'll around the holidays, and I didn't want to, you know, start up a new thing and have to give somebody a Christmas present. <laughs> ah, there it is. Now, now I'm on board. Now I'm with Now you're you. on board? Yes, absolutely. See, there was method to my madness. That is good. So in January, you're not buying any, anybody <laughs> right. anything, right? right? You know what? If you want to be... If you wanna be uber cheap then wait till february 15th the day after valentine's day <laughs> that's what i should have done then you've got yes. 10 and a half months of not buying anything maybe there's a birthday in there but if you're lucky maybe it fell between december 25th and february 14th right <laughs> right but that's cool you finally called her and so uh, i finally called her mm-hmm. and as soon as she opened the door i knew oh yeah that's her that's the one i've been waiting for that's awesome I right love there that. where'd you go for your first date uh restaurant in uh Salt Lake City, the suburbs of Salt Lake City called Lakai. It's a beautiful French chateau so restaurant. You went all out. Yeah, I did. Like, did you yeah, know did. that you were going to go there before you guys met up? Like, or did you no. say, so where do you want to go? I just decided because, you know. Like, I what was... I'm trying to ascertain is mm-hmm. when you saw how beautiful she was and like, oh my gosh, this is the one. Hey, I know I said we were going to McDonald's, but we're actually going to this. Have you heard this French place? No, no, I actually had it planned in okay, advance. Okay, cool. So she could have been butt ugly, <laughs> and I still would have had to take her to Lakai. <laughs> so, this is the biggest waste of money of my life. Look at this chick. Yeah, so fortunately, it worked out. It worked out. It worked That's out good. well. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And you guys have uh, six kids together. Yep. And uh, three boys, three girls, right? Yes. That's awesome. They're spread out all over the country, or... Uh, the, well, most of them are here. We have oh, good. our oldest uh, son, our two oldest daughters. Uh, our youngest was here until today. She just left on her mission. Where's, oh, well, you may uh, want to say. She's going to St. Louis. St. Louis. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's different than previous missions yes. in your family. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my middle son went to uh, Finland, uh-huh. Helsinki, Finland. You got to see socialism up close. Yes, he did. You had another son. My oldest son went to Washington, D.C. South. During that sniper stuff happening. Oh, that was scary stuff. That was when we were in Houston together, and I was right there with you, man. That was frightening. tense every day. You're like, is it going to be breaking news about someone else being shot in D.C. suburbs today, and is it going to be my son? Oh, yeah, that was terrible. It was was the time when that sniper shot, I think, killed 13. It was around there, yeah. Really awful. Really awful time. And my son wasn't helping us any because he would send us photos. Hey, here's the gas station where that person was shot. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you for showing us that you're right there in that general vicinity. Appreciate that. 17 people died in that. 17. Gosh. Wow. That was horrible. Wow. But so, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the way the mission stuff, the communications works, mm-hmm. is there's only specific times that they have access to communicate with the families? Yes. And so... That's changed a little bit because it used to be... I imagine uh, They could only call you on Mother's Day and Christmas. Okay. But now you can call every week. Oh, that's good. Once a week, yeah. That's good. So it's a lot better than it was. I just imagine that that you're waiting for that window, right? Yeah. Every week or every night. So hard. Yeah. So hard. And you're like, okay, uh, he better reach out right at the start of this window or I'm going to be... Yeah. And they only have a certain amount of time they can spend on the phone because... You know, what they do is they preach the gospel. That's what sure. they do the whole time. That's what they do. Um, so, so yeah, anyway, um, and our oldest daughter lives here. Our oldest two daughters live here. And our our 
our youngest two sons are going to school at BYU. Okay, very cool. Um, I think uh, I interrupted your your radio story about the time Glenn was inviting you to join him in New York. Okay, how was that? Uh, how was that transition from Houston to NYC? Because you guys lived in Connecticut, right? Yes. Okay. It was made easier because we lived in Connecticut, uh-huh. uh, as you know, because New York City is not a great place to live. Yeah. it's yeah. A, It was a fun, it turns out, I, I remember it really fondly for working there, uh-huh. and I remember it being an exciting time, and, you know, um, the commute was brutal. Uh, yeah, you, you commuted. Drove in. I drove in most of the time. Sometimes I took the train, but usually I drove because I didn't want to be bound to the schedule of the trains. Yeah. And so... The problem with that is it's so expensive to park in New York City that... It's ridiculous. Either way you go, though, because it's about... It might be about the same price as taking the train in every day because that costs four or 500 a month. And then if you're paying yeah. four or 500 a month driving in... And the gas. And the gas and the tolls. Eh, it might be a little more expensive driving in. Yeah, I think it is. Um, but uh, so that takes a toll on you. I mean, you came in from Pennsylvania, I think. No, right? no, I, well, close. I was way out in Western Jersey. Jersey lived yeah. out near. If you look on a map, um, straight out the interstate, uh, Clinton, New Jersey area. But it it took me a while to figure out because I used to take the train in. Mm-hmm. But there were there was one option. There was one option, and I'd always be late to our meeting. And then mm-hmm. I realized somebody made me wise to the fact that literally a mile from where I lived was a bus station that was leaving like every 10 minutes much earlier than the train did. Oh, it was oh. perfect. And see, that is the, on- the only thing that I miss about living up there is that you can get work done on the bus, yeah. on the train, get your yeah. laptop out. They added Wi-Fi on the bus. I mean, it was... Because mm. I did a lot of editing, and so that was perfect on the bus. That's the one aspect of commuting in Dallas that I do miss is is the ability to get work done while commuting. But uh, other than that, you can take the Northeast and uh, put that in your pipe and shove it because uh, <laughs> i just not a fan of that part of the country. Sorry. Yeah. I'm a Georgia boy. What can I say? It's different. Yeah. It's it's really different. But you enjoyed it and you lived in Connecticut. And yeah. then um, were you excited when the, the move to Dallas was announced? I was, yeah. Okay, cool. Excited about coming back to Texas. Yeah, yeah. And, and you've been great friends with Glenn for now. What are we going 30 on? years. 30 years. Mm-hmm. You can be honest with me. I mean, just, just whisper in my ear. How easy is he to work with? Oh. Right? The easiest. Easiest, right? It's just easiest. Like, it's like a walk in the park. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Easiest ever. Yeah. Keith? Yeah, he's great. Yes. He's, he's fun, right? <laughs> he is. <laughs> no, he's a great he boss. Is. He's been so good to me and my family. <clears throat> anyway, it's just it's fun being a part of the empire, right? It is. You are a very creative person. You, uh, Your voice, your, like your vocal cords never... Everybody in this building is jealous of your ability. Your to voice scream range, and not lose scream, my voice. And not lose your voice. Yeah, and what a talent. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're Superman, you know? Uh-huh. You've done some, so many creative things here. You know, you were with the radio show forever. You did Pat and Stu, which is, you know, if not the greatest show in the history of the Blaze Network, it's right up there. Is there anything creatively that you still want to accomplish? Or do you feel like uh, career-wise you've accomplished everything you want to do? Or is there still stuff out there for Pat Gray? Uh, uh, that's a good question. Um, you know... I'm old now, so I, th- I think I've done. <laughs> I've done a lot of what I, I like doing. This, I mean, I, I've. I I'd love to continue to 
try to alert people to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, love to make a difference for liberty, if that's possible. And, you know, I think we, we try to do that here by, by doing the show. And, and I, I love doing the show. It's just, it's, it's been um, a real pleasure to keep, to be doing Pat Gray Unleashed. I have a blast as well. There's a lot of fun that we have both on air and off. What outside of employment and work aspect would you say, if you even want to discuss, has been your biggest challenge that you faced in your life? You know, that, that like I said, that you're comfortable discussing. I think, you know, raising six kids in the increasingly horrific environment that we find ourselves in has been a pretty big challenge. Yeah. It's, it's really tough. And, uh, you know, there's no manual no. to raising these kids. So you just you do the best you can and, you know, you try to, we try to do everything we possibly could to give them the foundation they needed to make it through all of it. And that's why we homeschooled for 23 years. Yeah. That's why we created the school and ran that for five years mm-hmm. um, until they, you know, they all got out of it and now they're on their own and, and they're all adults now. And so now they got to do it. So hopefully we gave him the foundation to be able to. That's great. I want to ask you about your mom. I had the sincere pleasure of sitting next to her at uh, one of your daughter's wedding receptions. We were having dinner. And what an impression she made on me. What a kind person. What a funny person. Mm -hmm. Um, Just a sincere, (laughs) great person. I could just tell from that one time that I got to uh, sit right next to her. And tell me. Was she not like the greatest mom? She uh, was the greatest mom. I she bet. Was. She was awesome. Fierce. Uh-huh. Fierce. I could see that, yeah. In her love for her children. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You talk about a mama bear. That's the very definition of my mom. She was uh, fiercely loving, fiercely protective, uh, and just a force of nature. If you ever did anything to her kids, <laughs> uh, look out, because she's coming for you. It just, I mean, the initial moments that I met her, I could tell she was A, strong. Yeah, she was. B, confident. Mm-hmm. Uh, C, hilarious. Yep, she was. Um, just uh, just seems like a great mom. And, and a good uh, sport. I, you know, I teased her because I want to do that <laughs> relentlessly. What? And she's you? just so great with it. <laughs> yeah, she was, uh, she was an awesome mother. And yeah, I miss her. Mr. Like crazy. Yeah. Do you think that's where you get your sense of humor or? Uh, uh, probably partly. Yeah. I, fun yet biting all at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I can see that. Yes. I, I could see it immediately. Well, anyhow, I just wanted to give you a chance to talk about her because yeah, she made an impression. For, thanks for bringing that up. Because she, yeah, Absolutely. she is. She was wonderful. Yeah. She made quite the impression on me. All right. Well, thank you uh, so much for spending time with me uh, on this podcast. It wasn't. It was painless, right? It wasn't. Didn't hurt too bad. Not too yeah. badly. Okay. I'll survive it. Very good. Pat Gray, uh, you know him as the host. It's amazing how these things work out. Um, he's the host of a show called Pat Gray Unleashed. What are the odds? I'm, what are the odds? I love it. I just. It's fascinating how that stuff happens. It's like, you know, when uh, Lou Gehrig got <laughs> oh, Lou Gehrig's oh, disease. Oh, no. What were the odds of that? (laughs) Come on. Come on now. What are the odds? What are the odds? Catch him on Blaze TV, Blaze Radio Network, uh, podcast anywhere. Look for Pat Gray (laughs) Unleashed. He's on Twitter, at Pat Unleashed. Thanks so much for spending time with me today. Oh, no, no. I forgot. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're so welcome. You know what I forgot to do? What'd you forget to do? I forgot to take a picture of you. Oh, okay. So so you're going to smile here while, while we're doing this podcast. And there we go. There is Pat. 
and perfect. Okay, you're the first person I've taken a picture of whose name appears in the background. It's just amazing wow. how these coincidences keep popping up. Incredible. It's incredible. Right. Uh... Do you ever get any downtime? Do you ever get to relax? And uh, I mean, I know you play the guitar. Is that mm -hmm. uh, is that where your um, is that where your uh, hobbies uh, end, yeah, or you I, got other stuff you do? Uh, yeah, I love playing the guitar. Do that pretty much every day. Um, you know, I like movies. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite movie? Favorite movie of like all if time? You had, if you had, like, if you're on a deserted island mm -hmm. and they're like, all right, you get three movies to occupy your time, and then like these coconuts to drink out of. Uh, what what three movies are you picking? Princess Bride. Okay. Groundhog Day. Yep. Um, uh oh, he's wavering. He's like, ah, oh, do I go with this one or do I go with uh, this one? I'll give you four if you need four. Uh, maybe Notting Hill. I love that movie. I've never seen that. Really? You have it on DVD. Julia Roberts or and yeah. Uh, yeah. You never Is it seen Hugh Grant? that? Yeah. Yeah, I gotta see that. I love it. I've seen it come up like so the many times. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's a romantic comedy. Oh, it's no. like a chick yeah. flick, but I love it. Okay. I love it. I was surprised that you do rock climbing. <laughs> I want you to tell me all about. Were you really? I want you to tell me all about free soloing El Capitan. I mean, I, I'm sure that's exactly what what you do in your downtime. So let's hear about it. Go. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about your little puppy. Uh, our dog Bell. Yeah, Bell. Yeah, that's my uh, really my wife's dog. It's sure you more of a glorified rat. You cuddle with her. It. <laughs> it's Admit actually it. a dog. She's irresistible, though. I mean, she's so cute that you can't help but go, oh, you're cute. I'm the same way with my Matilda. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can't help it. I mean, yep. would you like to have a real dog in the house? Yes. Uh, but <laughs> but see but see uh, you knew me when I had four cats that was the high water mark of my insanity of, right. as far as pet yeah. ownership goes I have zero cats you'll be happy to know today but I do have the two dogs and I can't imagine life without dogs I mean I've talked about this with other folks that have sat in that chair it's like I can't imagine a world without dogs in mm -hmm. my life you know mm -hmm. but now obviously both of our greatest joys not our little puppies but our kids right and Ladies and gentlemen, I send out a questionnaire for everyone to, to answer before they sit down in front of the microphone. So I have an idea where to go with this stuff. And I just asked Pat uh, on the email, any interesting talents you have? And here's his response. Because this is what I say. You know, this is where our joy comes from. Sitting down and, and, and having fun with our kids more than anything. His response to his interesting talents is, I used to delight my kids by burping the word Mike. <laughs> However, I have nearly completely retired that talent, but we're going to resurrect it today, are we not? Uh, no, no, we're not. Okay. No, All right. not. So isn't it great how you can just entertain your kids and they think you're the greatest oh, person yeah. in the world? They think, so oh my great. gosh, my daddy can burp the word Mike. <laughs> and like today, I can't even get him to hold a conversation that lasts more than two sentences. <laughs> and believe me, it delighted my wife as well. Oh, she loved that. She can't get enough of it. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, that might be one of the reasons I've retired it, actually. Uh -huh. They grew up a little bit, and uh, and I think she was a little tired of yeah, it. Yeah, now, now you don't so. have an audience in the house, and you're like, but come on, Jackie, I can burp the word Mike. Come on now. Who can do that? Not that not, many people. Not me. Right? Uh-uh, no. I don't know just... why it was the word Mike. It could have been anything. <laughs> uh, but So the name of this podcast is At The Mike. <laughs> but there's a voice that my son... My son is so gifted. He should get into advertising of coming up with catchy jingles and phrases and annoying sounds, right, that you just can't get out of your head because they're so catchy. But, but he came up with this weird voice where it's almost like a burp. And so whenever Carrie's not around, me and the kids will communicate in that voice. But as soon as that door opens, it's like, nope, we're back to, back to acting mature. 
uh, relatively speaking. Mm. Uh, what's something people don't know about you, Pat? Something they don't know about me. Mm-hmm. What did I write? <clears throat> you wrote, I don't know. I don't have access to all the things people know about me. Not being inside their heads. Now see how brilliant is that? Uh, would it surprise people to know that you're a Sunday school teacher? Yeah, would it? Are you surprised to know that? I don't know. I kind of want to know what the angle of the class is. I could see you being very historic-minded mm-hmm. in your approach to a Sunday school class. Do they assign you? Do they say, hey... Yeah, you got certain lessons that you prepare. Yeah, but 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 there's a guideline for it. Okay, and so you know you can do certain things within the guidelines, um, and it's just it's teaching you know the Bible, mm-hmm. the Book of Mormon. Um, I try to stay away from politics yeah. as much as possible because we do have some Democrats and liberals in the class. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm really cognizant out. of that, and mm-hmm. I really don't want to. <laughs> I mean. Church is not really the place for no, it. No, I agree. So I really try to stay away from that. Okay. This is a great answer, though. What's something you want to accomplish in your lifetime? You wrote, inner peace, outer tranquility. Explain. <laughs> Explain what that means. I'm going I'm to make you answer all of these. Don't think that I'm just going to let any of these go. Oh, man. Um, is, uh, is it possible? Let me get you off the spot here. Mm-hmm. I've concluded recently that I will never be at peace. It doesn't oh, I believe matter. that about you. I, I, it it mm-hmm. doesn't matter what answers I get, mm-hmm. what comfort I have in fill in the blank. Yep. I will never be at peace because I will never be at rest. So I, I just wonder, is that even possible? Because I've tried. Oh, have I tried? And uh, mm, I'm failing. So congratulations if you're any closer to that goal than me. Yeah, I think it. You know, if you're at peace with the way you are spiritually and the way your family is and the direction you're headed, I, I think you can achieve it. Okay, I think you can. I mean, you control the things you can control, and you just you try to you try to just roll with the rest of it. Because I mean, there's so many things we can't control here in in the world, and we talk about them every day, and it just keeps it just keeps building up. And if you let it, like we do on the air. <laughs> Uh, it'll drive you out of your mind. Yeah. Last question, and I'll leave you alone. I asked you if you had a bucket list. You said, not really. But you and Jackie have always wanted to tour Europe, mm-hmm. such as Paris, Rome, uh, maybe London. I hope that that happens for you. Me too. Where are some of the places you're going to get to see on this cruise coming up? Well, yeah, that's, I mean, we're sort of going to do some of the places that, that we've always wanted to, because we're going to Italy. Mm-hmm. We're going to uh, Venice. We're going to uh, Israel. We've been there. Oh, that's cool. You know, we were there in, what was it, 2012? Was it 2011 or 2012? 11. Yep. 11. So we were there, you know, with the with the Glen Israel thing, the restoring, whatever restoring one that was. Yeah, restoring. We were restoring something. Something. I think we were restoring restoration is what we were doing. And uh, <laughs> so that was good. Something got <laughs> So we're going to Israel. We're going to... Uh, Venice, and we're going to Croatia. So those are those are pretty cool destinations. That's cool. Yeah, I have a passport. Yeah, but I've never used it. And my only goals to use it is to go to Edmonton for a hockey game up in Canada. And I was thinking maybe going to the Husker game. That's in, a modest goal in Dublin mm-hmm. uh, in twenty twenty one. Oh, Dublin would be cool. Yeah. So uh, August of twenty twenty one. I'm kind of thinking, ah, eh, it, it would take football to get me to Europe. But if you guys do get to make this 
great trip to Europe to these places like Paris and London and stuff like that, would mm -hmm. you try to do them all in one trip or would you want to go to yeah. a London trip, a Paris trip? No, you want to do a continent, huh? Yeah, okay. because I, I doubt that we'll get there multiple times. Probably just be once. Okay. Um, and, you know, it's getting a little frightening to go to Europe. Yeah. Uh, they've got some issues there. They've got some problems there, and I don't want to get caught up in all of that. So it would have to be pretty soon, too. What is the favorite trip you and Jackie have ever taken? Uh, favorite place you've ever been so far? Hawaii, probably. Oh, nice. We love Hawaii. Okay, yeah, it's cool. nice. When's the last time you got to Hawaii? Uh, 2012. Oh, I thought you were going to say... 2012. Okay. Did you take any of the kids with Ish? you? Yeah, we took all our... Well, all our kids that were still home. You regret it? Or do you wish it was just you and Jackie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no comment no on comment that. No on comment on that. Anyway... <laughs> All right, so uh, anything I've missed, anything you want to cover here, Pat? You're good? I think you covered pretty much more than there is to cover. Okay. So, yeah, All right. I think we're good. All right, Pat Gray. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze TV and Radio Networks. This has been At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Look for At The Mic Show on Twitter to connect 